Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during out-of-school time. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education, and I'm your host, Mike Wilson. My guests today are my colleagues with Case for Kids, and they play an important role in empowering parents to support their kids' educational needs. It is my pleasure to have Azalea O'Neill and Jesus Orialis as my guests today on the Making After School Cool podcast. They are family involvement specialists supporting our 21st Century Community Learning Center campuses. How are you both doing today? Good. Thank you for having us. Yeah, amazing. Thanks for having us, Mike. I appreciate y'all taking some time and just sharing some knowledge on some of the things that you're doing, what is it that you're hoping to accomplish, and the important role that you play with us, especially as we talk about the parents' role in supporting their kids' educational needs. First, I want to start off with, in your opinion, what role do parents play in regards to their child's academic success? Well, Mike, um, let me just say, besides the obvious um, cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kiddos and helping them with homework, um, you know, it's, it's really important because students who have parents that are involved in school um, have better attendance, um, they have better behavior, um, as well as better grades. So it just shows that the parent is there and want to support the kids, not just um, to get good grades, but just to be there as, as they're learning themselves and, and, and going through their educational path. No, I completely agree. I, I think, you know, um, so in my opinion, you know, academic success is heavily influenced by the parents' engagement um, and support, you know, so I'm thinking back as, you know, as Eddie was talking, <laughs> how growing up as a kid, you know, my mom was very, very sh uh, strict. So if she knew that I got a phone call from the school, uh, I would be in big trouble, right? And so um, the further along she kind of you know laxed on checking up on me and being involved the greater i saw my you know my grades started dropping um and my uh behavior um challenges started to increase as well as well so just speaking from experience and i was never like a bad you know terrible kid and not that all kids are you know bad or terrible but i think that they make different choices depending upon their and, you know the parents interaction and involvement in their lives and so uh, as my you know my mother's engagement and support uh, increased my behavioral challenges uh and you know and bad grades decreased and statistics also show that parents who are involved in their child's academic endeavors they are more likely to succeed as well so there's research that support that you know, it's interesting when I look back to my childhood, I played a lot of sports and uh, when I was in junior high, high school or whatever, my, my dad, who worked at one of the refineries and he did chef work. Um, and even if he was working three to 11, 11 to seven, whatever, he would always be able to take some time or, or switch with uh, one of his fellow uh, workers. And he made every event. And there was one point where I was like, dang, man, I was there when show up because a lot of my teammates, their parents wouldn't come to every, I mean, road games, home games, whatever. <laughs> and so prior to the game, they could just, you know, wild out. 
but my dad was always there. So I had to always make sure, you know, I was on my P's and Q's. Uh, now that I am a parent and my daughters, they, they cheer. And it's like, I make sure that no matter where they're cheering, no matter how far it is, I'm going to get there. I'm going, I'm going to be there. And so I think it was a bonding experience for my dad and I, especially now as I look back and I'm older and it definitely was a role model for how I want to, um, be involved with my kids' endeavors. Uh, in your role working with parents, what are some of the activities or projects that you've coordinated thus far this school year? Well, I know in terms of my role, you know, uh, we're responsible for finding the necessary resources for parents. But um, one of the recent projects that I've coordinated was finding financial literacy. So one of uh, a few of my co uh, coordinators expressed that their families were interested in in that um, arena. So we found a, a provider and they came out to the school and did a few sessions. So they talked about credit restoration, budgeting, savings, um, you know, even teaching the parents how to look for scholarships for kids who are trying to get ready for college. You know, just those things that we've made think that is not important, but it is because we want to service the whole family, not just the student. So, you know, that's really what our goal is um, in this role. You know, that's that's that is very crucial, especially now that most kids are going to some sort of post-secondary education, be it a trade school or college. Mm -hmm. And if you have uh, parents that either didn't finish school or only went to high school, then that's a whole new avenue that they're not familiar with. And I think providing them those resources, also thinking in terms of long-term planning in regards to economics and those types of things, are definitely some information and some skills that make life easier for the family as a whole. And I'm glad that you said that, Mike, because I'm actually kind of, I am an advocate for financial literacy, um, because let me share a quick little story about my upbringing. My parents, uh, working working class, worked one job all of their adult life. Um, you know, they provided, they worked as hard to provide for us, me and my brothers. However, they were not taught about financial literacy. And therefore that did not trickle down to to us. So when I went to college, I was the first of my family to go away to college and graduate. However, I was never taught about student loans. I was never taught about credit cards or uh, what it means to have a 401, you know, things like that, that we, tools that we need to be successful adults. So as a result, you know, I'm a millennial that is struggling with student loans at this point. And, you know, that trickles on to other different issues um, as life goes on. But, you know, I just feel that it's, it's, I'm an advocate. I promote financial literacy to be, I'm not sure if it's taught in schools, but I believe that it should be taught in schools, especially in the under, um, underserved uh, communities. Yeah, we used to have a saying that um, a lot of families, especially families of color, unfortunately, mm -hmm. when a loved one pass, we leave them debt as opposed mm -hmm. to leaving them wealth. And you know, it's, it's difficult if you're always starting in the negative. And so I think it's important, even for the next generation, there has to be a generation that has to make that ultimate sacrifice to say, hey, I'm going to create some stability for my kids and their kids and so on. And so, um, yeah, building for the future, planning for the future, thinking in regards to, you know, how we're going to make sure everything um, meet 
understanding credit, credit card systems, loan, loan systems, you know, that, that is so crucial, especially in today's society and environment. Absolutely. Now, this is a category that we all fall into. I mean, we all are, are working. We all commute. I know Jesus is going to be a little a new uh, experience for you. But what advice would you give working parents who may have to commute from home to work and cannot always be extremely active in what's happening during their school, during their kids' school day? Or encouragement would you give those families? I would say, you know, um, you know, uh, one is preparation and then two is also like understanding the impact uh, that you make uh, in your kids' lives. You know, I am not a, you know, I'm a soon to be father, uh, but, you know, yeah, right. So Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, I keep going back to the relationship my mother and I have. You know, my mother was a hardworking, a single, you know, parent uh, working two jobs to be able to, you know, raise three kids. And so as the oldest of, of three, I saw my mother, you know, struggle and work hard and still try to be active in, you know, what we were doing. You know, she said, you know, she signed me up for soccer during the, the weekends when she knew she could attend. Right. And so she tried to check up on me um, in my school. Um, you know, when she when she could. So I know I definitely understand the challenges of making time to to be, you know, active in your in your child's you know interest in education. Um, however, I do think it, it is possible, you know, with a little bit of preparation and also, like I said, understanding that importance of, you know, your impact that you're, you're putting into your, your child's life. So I say get with the school's uh, parent liaison, for example. Uh, is a good way of preparing, right? You are aware of what's coming up. Um, I think, you know, for the hardworking parents that are not able to attend many events, I think picking and choosing, right, those specific events that you know for sure would be a great impact to your child, right? So if you can't make all of them, that's completely understandable, you know, but but making some of those events, I think is, is very impactful. So, you know, just, uh, you know, just seeing the days and times of what's coming up, you know, to prepare physically and both mentally to either, you know, take off from work, maybe leave work, uh, or even make plans for, you know, uh, a long day, you know. So the parents know that they will not be able to attend, maybe even having a follow-up conversation with a child. Hey, how did so-and-so event go today? I know, I, you know, your school, you know, had it, your after-school program had it, but I, you know, you know, I couldn't make it, but how did it go? You know, share a bit more of, you know, so I, you know, missing one or two events, it's understandable, you know, but missing most of them can be emotionally hard on kids, especially if they see mm-hmm. other parents attending those events. And it's like, yeah. hey, my mom, my, my dad are never able to make it here. I always see all these kids, you know, with their parents. And like, I'm always that one kid that their parents never hear. You know, it could be very, very, uh, emotionally hard on kids and can impact uh, academic success and their um, behavior in school, I believe, you know. Yeah, I agree with you, Jesus. Um, when it comes to preparation, I mean, we're all busy, right? We're all working. We're all trying to, you know, make it through the day, make it through the week. Um, I am, I'm a parent of two small ones. I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. So, and they're boys, so we're always busy. Um, but you just have to make the time, I guess. 
And, and let me just share a, an experience that I've recently had chaperoning for my son's field trip. And that was something that I decided to make time for. And I didn't think too much of it when, you know, I told my son, I said, hey, do you want me to be a volunteer? He was like, yes, mommy, yes. Yeah, you know, that'd be so, you can meet my friends and you can see meet my teachers. So he took on like leadership roles. He wanted to be the best, you know, kid on the trip and say, you know, mom, you look what I could do, you know, and I was very proud of him of, of showing those leadership skills in front of the other kids. And at the end of the, well, close to the end of the field trip, you know, he walked up to me and said, mommy, thank you for coming. And he gave me a hug and kiss. I was like, oh, oh. yeah, I was like, <laughs> in front of his friends, I was like, you're not embarrassed. And he was like, no, I'm glad that you came. So it's little moments like that, that I'm cherished as a parent, but I know that that means a lot to um, him as well, because my parents, like I said, were working parents. My mom and dad, my dad worked for Amtrak for 40 years. So he was always on the road. And so my mom had to hold down the fort at home and um, they didn't have time to come and see my recitals or performances at school. And of course it's hurtful, you know, but as a kid, you don't understand why they can't come. But as you're an adult and you have children of your own, you'll understand. And that's also another bonding moment. I mean, a quick story for me. Last night, uh, my daughter, she's going to be a senior next year. And so uh, they were having a meeting for soon-to-be seniors at our school. And so, you know, I'm rushing home and so on. And then when I get there, she's laying down. I'm like, hey, do you want to go to the meeting? And she's like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to go. I mean, we talked about it and such and such. And I don't don't know. My class and I were not that close. And then uh, she said, do you want to go? I'm like, it's not my senior year. But, you know, I'll go because I want to support you. And uh, she said, "Uh, okay, we'll go. And then my wife walked in and she's like, I thought y'all were going to the meeting. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think we're going to the meeting, but I'm not sure. And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to call the sponsor tomorrow. And then I'll get all the information. And then that way we don't feel like we're rushing and, and all right. that kind of stuff. And then when you speak of the field trips, that's giving me some flashbacks because, you know, I've worked in education majority of my professional career. Uh-huh. And I used to always, I would take off or, or do what I needed to do to chaperone my kids on their field trip. Oh. And a lot of times, of course, you know, the, the teacher would divide us all up into groups and so on. And because I've worked with kids for so long, right. it seems like as we progress through the trips, other groups would grow would join my group yeah because you yeah. instinctively know how to yeah. keep the group together yeah and so by the time the trip was over like <laughs> i had the whole dog on class <laughs> yeah like my team was called team awesome yesterday after yeah. team awesome and then you know so all the other kids like you said wanted to be a part of it it mm-hmm. was so cool yeah it is fun it was a whole lot of fun uh, what advice and our resources would you recommend for parents when their child exceeds their parents' educational level and they may no longer be able to help them academically? How can parents still show that education is extremely important? Like I'll share one personal experience. My mom, she dropped out of school when she was in the 10th grade. And so, and of course, you know, they do that new math and they do all this other stuff. And so it didn't take long, especially when I got into like junior high for me to to realize that a lot of this stuff my mom really couldn't help me with. But she always made sure she as soon as we got home, she would say, do you have homework? You know, Mm -hmm. have you completed your homework? Do you have any questions? Even though she may not have been able to assist us with the questions she wanted to know. And then it's like, if you're struggling with any particular thing, let me know. And uh, she would always reach out to um, the, the teacher. 
And I remember one time, uh, I was in elementary actually, and we had a daily quiz or something. I ended up failing. It was my first F. Oh, and wow. So I went home. I was <laughs> devastated. I was crying. And, you know, <laughs> but my math was wrong. And I told her, I shared, you know, you know, Ms. Jones gave me an F, you know. And my mom's like, well, I'm going to call Ms. Jones. You know, she called her and it was, it didn't, you know, the teacher said, oh, it was just a pop quiz just to check their understanding. It's not going to affect his grade or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so those were things that she did. You know, even though academically she may not have been able to support, but she would talk to the teachers and she would show me, you know, that education is important and she wanted me to do as well as I possibly could do. And so uh, that encouraged me and I knew that my grades matter. So right. even enough, I didn't do well. She was going to check, even if she didn't know how to do it, she was going to make sure I knew how to do it. And so that was one way in which um, she supported my, my educational learning. Yeah, for sure. I, I used one, uh, even as a college student, I used one. It was the way they're set up is so, so uh, amazing. It has a lot of uh, training videos, um, a lot of step by steps. And that is a Khan Academy. So Khan Academy actually has a, so it's an amazing math, science, computing, reading, economics and life skills for uh, students grades K through um, college. So uh, when you create an account with them, you could sign up as a student, teacher, uh, or a parent. Uh, sounds like I'm promoting their services. <laughs> a little <laughs> um, bit. <laughs> but, uh, but they are actually a great free resource. So, you know, they, they get funding through, through, through donations um, to be able to provide free resources for anybody that creates an, an, a free account with them. And so they're actually uh, an amazing uh, tool that I've used, like I said, in the past for, I struggle with algebra a lot. <laughs> uh, if you're, you know, at a certain level of uh, college algebra, right, you have to know certain basics to be able to even uh, know what to do in, in certain problems. And so uh, there's a ton of videos that show, you know, um, you know, depending on where you're, what needs you have and where you feel like you left off, right, you basically pick up where you, uh, where you need the help. Um, and it guides you step by step. Um, and so it's just an amazing tool that um, I've used as a college student uh, to self, you know, learn. But uh, I feel like also uh, parents could use this as a resource to, you know, to guide their, their, their students and say, their kids, excuse me, and say, hey, um, look, I found this on Khan Academy. This, you might be, you know, this is where you might be uh, needing help in and see if, see if that helps, right? So just, um, sending them, uh, you know, to uh, the resource that they need is is, is a, a great help. Um, HCD actually has a, a free resource as well to um, for fa for families. Um, if they go yes. to hcde-texas.org, Texas spelled out.org, and they scroll down to the in the spotlight section, you will see family math literacy initiative. This is a free online source for all grades, I do believe, 12 uh, K through 12, um, where families could sign up to get those um, services. It's a seven day a week from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. And they have online uh, representatives there to walk you through, you know, basic um, instru math instructional support. 
You know, it's, it's, it's funny because uh, my, my girls, they go to a private school. So the class is pretty much in one sense or another kind of self-contained. And you get to know the family members of the students in their class. And uh, with technology, one of the things that we were able to do was um, if there were certain areas that a parent was really strong in, then we actually had that parent do a Zoom call or whatever, did a lot of the tutoring. And um, so we kind of like co-parent taught. And I think that showed that a group of the parents were really supporting the kids' educational needs. It also took some of that anxiety away, especially if you know, uh, you know I'm not strong in English language arts, but this person over here, they teach it. And so they can give yeah. you some pointers and, and so on. What would you say is the most frustrating part of your job? You know, when you're dealing with parents, sometimes the problem, uh, one of the frustrating parts is when you feel like you're not getting any parental support or uh -huh. any parental feedback. And sometimes the parents could be actually taking your advice, right. but when they don't say anything, you really don't know. And right. so I think sometimes just a lack of feedback can be a little, a little frustrating or you plan an event and it has a low turnout, you know, and so that's a little disappointing, but we also know families work that if they have multiple kids, they can only be, you know, so many places at one time. I know one of the things at our school, well, my, my daughter's school, they used to aggravate me is they planned a lot of stuff during the school hours. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, you know, want to support, but I got a job. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So just kind of balancing that time can be a little little difficult at, at moments. Yeah, that's challenging, especially like, you know, we want to help the family. Like we serve the family, you know, of course the kids. But um, when, like you said, when you don't get any feedback or if the feedback is very vague, it's like, OK, well, let's let's take a step further. Like how meet me in the middle. How can we serve you? We, we serve the community, right? And so when one of my issues, well, it's not an issue, but low parent turnout, like if the, you put all of the effort and you heard the call and, you know, you want to make sure that everything is done decently and in order, and then you get a low turnout. It's like, hey, I thought you guys, you know, wanted this. You know, I mean, I know things come up in life or last minute deadlines or something like that, but I guess that's just one of the the downsides of it. You can't control other people's schedule. You just hope that they come. You both mentioned that, you know, the low support from parents could sometimes be very discouraging, right? Especially if you put all this planning time yeah. um, into it and, uh, you know, you expect maybe 20, 30 parents and two, three show up. You know, of course, you're grateful for those two or three. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you put a lot of effort and time to it and, and you, you know, you want to see those events that are very, you know, that could be very successful and see all the parents and, and all the engagement that happens and that, that day um, and just, you know, to come and, and be a bit, you know, disappointed by the turnout um, could definitely, you know, be a frustrating part of our jobs. The other one I was going to say as well is the, um, the way people perceive uh, after school program is frustrating to me. You know, it's, it has almost seemed as a like, you know, as a, a part of, uh, a, you know, a lot of people, you know, think of after school program and they think of free child care, right? right? We've heard it all, you know, we, we've heard it a lot. Uh, we hear it all the time as uh, after school uh, educators um, is that, you know, they, they don't want their kids, you know, being a part of uh, after school program uh, either because, you know, 
pickup time or whatever the challenge may be, right? Or they do want them uh, to be a part of a after school program, but just, you know, just because it's more of a child care. So it's the way people see it, right? So either it's not an, it's not so important for you to attend, but uh, it's important enough for me to get like a free child care, you know, yeah. and it's not that, right? It's, it's more than that, right? I think uh, a lot of the kids that child there, that, um, that throughout the day, um, you know, are challenged with, being their true selves uh, don't come out in their regular school day. I think a lot of the kids uh, built a character and confidence in the after school program, right? Where they wouldn't be able to during the regular school day where, you know, it's, it's a lot of uh, learning and yeah, a little bit of interacting, uh, but you don't get to, you know, your true self to come out, right? Your interests aren't really met. You're there really for the learning of a certain specific subject, right? And so I think the way that people perceive the after-school program could sometimes be a little frustrating as well. Yeah. Well, let's 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 flip the question. What are some of the rewarding parts about the things that you guys are doing? Uh, well, you actually see a change in student uh, behavior and how they how they first come into the program versus at the end of the program. You know that they've actually grew you know, as, as a student, as a person, as a um, scholar and seeing those social skills uh, increasing, you know, developing over time. So just, just to kind of see the overall child and, and the, the, the household evolve over time. Just one of the rewarding things is just me being consistent, uh, persistent and, and seeing those small wins, celebrate those small wins, you know, because they actually do make a difference. Before we go, do you have any final comments you'd like to share with our listeners? I, I have a few, and I'll try to I'll try to make it quick. Um, but I have three. You know, um, one would be make your kids feel they're supported in their interests, right? That's a huge emotional impact you can have on your on your kids. Make them feel that you're there for them. Um, uh, two is uh, sometimes kids need a little push. Uh, to get out of their comfort zone. So maybe the kid does not want to attend the after-school program or register the after-school program, right? Obviously respecting what, you know, what they, uh, you know, their interests, but at the same time is understanding and knowing that like, hey, at least try it out before you make that decision of like, hey, this isn't for me, right? Um, try it out and, you know, and see if this is something you want to do. So give them a little push. Everybody in life needs a little push, whether you're adult or your child, right? You know, the push to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, and there's some times where you say, hey, that was actually a really good uh, call, you know. So it was great that I was allowed to uh, try out something new. And I, now I love it. And then the last thing will be investing your kids now so that you can see the greater return later. You know, there's comes a time where I think with parents, we say, hey, okay, I'm ready to invest in my kid. But it's like too late in the sense that, you know, your relationship uh, has been you know, uh, different in the sense that you haven't really been uh, a part of their their lives uh, and their interests in the past. So now it's a little bit harder to bridge that gap, right? Uh, whereas if you make it a, a, a habit or, or be consistent with that, it's a lot easier for them to include you into their, um, you know, into their, their plans as, as they grow older. And my, my small tidbit would just be that just to let parents know we're in this together. We're all figuring this out together. Just know that there's resources and there's programs out there here to support um, 
you know, all families. So just just know that HCD is one of the ones um, Case for Kids is here to support, to serve the kids and the community. Well, guys, thank you so much for being my guest today. I appreciate your insight and your advice, and it's, it's been a pleasure. So, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Making After School Cool. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Making After School Cool podcast with my guests, Jesus and Azilia, our Case for Kids Family Involvement Coordinators. And I welcome you to join me for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field.